0: We're not seeking confrontation with Russia, but the situation is intensifying rapidly and we are showing our resolve. It's important for Canadians and the world to know that Canada will continue supporting Ukraine and its independence, integrity, sovereignty, including its right to defend itself.
1: That is the Prime Minister on Monday as he uh, talked about his new emergency powers. He also talked about the situation in Ukraine. And uh, on any other news day, this would be a very, very big story because in the um, update that he gave, he announced that Canada will now send Ukraine $7.8 million worth of lethal, lethal weapons, which they have been asking for, and another $500 million loan to give them economic stability as Russia prepares to attack And around 130,000 troops have now surrounded Ukraine in all directions. And I guess uh, a couple of developments in the last, I guess, last day is that um, he he has started to pull troops back. But we are talking about Vladimir Putin. Uh, So no one can know if it's to believe, be believed. Um, But an urgent call has been put out to Canadians to get out of the country. Uh, That was done on the weekend. Embassy staff have now been moved. Canadian and American embassies have been shut down. And while I think there's hope that a last minute minute, uh, diplomatic deal can be worked out, it's pretty hard to see Putin walking away at this point. And especially when you've got the U.S., government warning that aerial bomb campaigns could get underway at any time and then you think about ukraine and the people and the ukrainians here we have a 1.5 million ukrainians in this country it's the third largest immigrant group in this country and they're feeling pretty abandoned and they're also thinking what's going to happen to my life and my loved ones i want to bring in mark schweck to this conversation he is the chairman of the i stand with ukraine committee here in canada he joins us now good to have you mark
0: well, oh, thank you so much for inviting me.
1: Let me start with the newest information, because everything when it comes to Vladimir Putin in Russia, a lot of times it is just a game of propaganda. What do you make of the latest messaging that they have started to pull some of their troops back? Do you buy that?
0: Well, they have said that a couple of times already. Um, so let's go back to last summer or last spring. They amassed, I think it was 80,000 troops at the time for a very short period. Uh, then they started pulling them back, but they never took their equipment out. So they mm-hmm. left their equipment there. It's very expensive to move in equipment. Um, the other mm-hmm. thing they haven't done is move their ships out of the Black Sea. So they have poured in uh, a, a big armada into the Black Sea to cut off Ukraine from the south. They have invested uh, in all kinds of uh, equipment that they've poured into Belarus and into eastern, uh, into the east just to the east of Ukraine's border in Russia. And so moving a few um Tens of thousands of troops here or there doesn't really uh, signify a pullback. It could be tactical. It could be a normal rotation of troops. It could be repositioning them to another location. So until the U.S. intelligence and others who have satellites can do a full assessment, we don't really know if they've pulled back or just moved them around.
1: Yeah, and meanwhile, um you know, there's been a couple of, of things. I'll, I'll start with the uh, latest out of the Trudeau government. They came out last night, and it did. It didn't get a lot of attention because of all the domestic issues here, but they have now agreed to send seven and a half million in, in in lethal weapons. This is something Ukraine has been begging for. Uh, they, they, you know, they need this, uh, so we're sending it. I'm not sure it's enough, but nonetheless, is it enough support as far as you're concerned?
0: Is it enough? Of course not. When you're facing Russia, who has invested billions of dollars, and they run on, on uh, Western currency because they're selling oil and gas into the Europe, and yeah. and and so they they have billions of dollars to invest. So seven point eight million is not anywhere near enough. But I'll say the following. First of all, Canada again is is uh, is again showing leadership in this field. They crossed the barrier from not providing any uh, lethal force to providing lethal defensive force. So that's a psychological barrier to cross, so kudos to Canada again. And uh, it also shows leadership in front of other nations uh, who are thinking this to do the same thing. So um, it was a grave concern for us over the last few weeks. We couldn't understand why Canada wasn't one of the nations, as they typically are in the lead in supporting Ukraine. Um, now they're back in that kind of position where they can demonstrate uh, moral leadership in in uh, in that kind of support and take their traditional role where they've been uh, supporting and leading in that region for a long time.
1: Yeah, I think people forget we have a, an enormous uh, Ukrainian population here in this country, which means there's an awful lot of people in this country who have family in Ukraine who are now surrounded by Russian troops. and And you would be one of those. Um, So there's a great concern over their safety when you hear some of the intelligence reports coming out of the United States where they talk of mass casualties and humanitarian crisis, uh, the likes that would be enormous. What goes through your mind? I mean, what are you hearing from those in the Ukrainian committee? What is their greatest fear?
0: Well, again, it depends where they live in the country. Those who are on the uh, immediate border are, of course, very fearful. But ironically, they're also Mm -hmm not that fearful. They've been living in with bombardments uh, over the last uh, seven or eight years. So they're kind of, I hate to say they're kind of used to it, but they understand mm-hmm. that life can't get too much worse. Um, the ones who are living in uh, anywhere in the east of Ukraine are very nervous, in the south of Ukraine, very nervous. And of late, the people in the north of Ukraine, uh, because uh, Kyiv, the, the capital city, is only 60 kilometers from the border in the north, and Russia is exercising with the... Uh, the Russian forces on on their territory, and they could, uh, in theory, in a few hours, be in Kiev if they don't meet a huge opposition. And so, um, the people in the north are now being uh, very concerned at the potential of being overrun quickly.
1: Yeah, and you and I have talked before. You mentioned, I mean, you've got family there, and and you have a nephew there. Um, and I don't know if your nephew kind of sp- his story speaks for others, but. There is a sense in Ukraine uh, that they're on their own, um, but your your nephew is willing to pick up arms to defend his country. Is that kind of a uniform thought where Ukrainians are not going to go down without a fight?
0: Abs- well, absolutely. I think, you know, certainly many will uh, pick up arms um, and fight. Uh, as in any society, there are those who will fight. There are those who will flee and, and a lot in between who will resist in some fashion. Um, he and his friends are, uh, have signed up uh, for local militias. Um, um, they believe that they can uh, provide some resistance. They're not professional soldiers. They're still students. Uh, they're just out of high school, and uh, they have, but they have a lot of desire to defend their country. And, uh, but it really transcends not so much by age, transcends by family, where there's tradition of uh, patriotism, tradition of uh, mm-hmm. supporting Ukraine. And uh, so his mother is even volunteering, and his grandfather. Uh, is-
1: wow. That's something. You know, That that's something um, that you don't hear about that often. And, and certainly, I think we wonder here, you know, what would we do here in this country if ever threatened? And I'm not sure. Uh, you know, we will never understand because of our geographic uh, luck as we have it, um, the threat that, that, that Ukraine and, and others in those regions face. Either which way, though, Mark ukraine is not going to be the same i mean it's been struggling for independence it's actually been you know doing um you know creating its own democracy its own financial institutions kind of clean up the corruption but either which way whether it is taken by military action um it's going to be in russian control moving forward so this country is once again going to you know continually evolve and and life will be very difficult
0: well life would be incredibly difficult um uh, the Ukrainian people, uh, you know, a number of times uh, over the last few centuries uh, were overrun by Russia, occupied for most of the last 300 years. Um, they learned to... I, it's actually incredible that the Ukrainian nation has survived through all of the occupation, mm-hmm. Siberian camps, all of the uh, military intervention, all of the KGB, um, FSB, whatever you want to call their current uh, incarnation, that the Ukrainian nation is still standing, and including the of the famine, that killed millions, uh, that that nation still can stand up and defend itself and uh, have its own language and have their own culture. And uh, as much as Putin wrote that he believes it's all one, um, for people to resist so long, so many centuries, and still stand on their feet and still want their own country um, really defines the difference between Ukrainian and Russian, where Ukrainian the Ukrainians don't want dic- uh, a dictatorial system. What they want is to be part of Europe, part of a democracy. They're part of a liberal... Uh, liberal democracy-type tradition. They want to enjoy all of the items that we quite honestly enjoy here uh, in terms of our free elections, in terms of the the way business Mm -hmm. runs, the way people can choose their courses, and so on. And they just can't go back to a a Russia sphere of influence.
1: Boy, oh boy, what a time. Um, Just quickly before I let you go, Mark, has the Canadian government signaled, I mean, has there been any uh, concerted uh, talks about bringing um, Ukrainian family members here to Canada? Um, Will they be able to get out of the country at any point?
0: Uh, we haven't even had that kind of conversation. You know, m- our, our belief in the Congress, first of all, is let's help Ukraine defend uh, itself. If there is a full invasion, um, Europe will see millions of refugees flooding Europe. Yeah, uh, it'll be it'll be massive. The the refugee crises of a couple of years ago in Europe is going to look small compared to this. Um, they are right on Poland's uh, border. Um, if Russia were to invade Ukraine and occupy Ukraine, there would be now four countries. Uh, in -hmm. in NATO, who are right on now Russia's border, uh, which would be Romania, Poland, Slovakia, and Hungary. And if the West thinks it's expensive now to support Ukraine, imagine when Russia takes over, there's all those refugees. It'll get out of control before it gets better.
1: Yeah, there is a a massive amount of collateral damage to this, and it's surprising that we're not talking about it more, but... (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a very consequential time. Mark, very much appreciate you uh, talking with us. We'll continue uh, bringing uh, your voice and uh, and this side of the story. So I appreciate you joining us. Thank you, Alex. That is uh, Mark Schweck, who is with the uh, Stand with Ukraine Committee. And again, uh, there are a lot of Ukrainians in this country who have direct family uh, that are going to be very much caught in the middle of this.